0: Hey, everybody, welcome into the Raw Knuckles podcast. We'd really appreciate it if you'd like, subscribe, and share with a friend. When I stepped on the ice, I never backed down, and I never stayed down. And I was vicious, and I was malicious, and I don't care. (laughs) Man, look at him going I'm all right, welcome I'm alive. into the Raw Knuckles podcast, Dennis. Uh, weekly talk about the Montreal Canadiens and the league overall, and we'll start with the Habs like we always do. We look at the Habs. Mm-hmm. You know, I looked at last week. This team, okay, starting with Pittsburgh. All right, they win the Pittsburgh game at home, five-four overtime. They gave up four goals there. They lose the next one, 5-1, one, Devils at home. Go on the road, 6-4 mm-hmm. to Columbus. Come back to Montreal. They win in a, a shootout uh, against Philly. And then mm-hmm. Buffalo at home, 7-2. They gave up 26 <laughs> goals in five games. They mm-hmm. couldn't keep that pace up, right? You can't play hockey like that and expect to win a lot of hockey games. But they go on the road the you next, yeah. but the next two games, they beat Columbus in there, who, who smoked mm-hmm. them the previous time, three to one, and then they go wow. into Chicago and win in a shootout three, two, like the coach obviously addressed this. And this team, they, mm-hmm. they tightened up and yes, they got the goaltender, but it's not all goaltender. They tightened it up on, on the road. Those two games, just crazy how they, they flipped the switch when they went on the road.
1: There's a lot of uh, unpredictability in the league. I watch L.A. every night. You don't know what you're going to get, like, when they come out on the ice. This is going to be a 6-5 game. This is going to be a 2-1 game. But, Knucks, Columbus and Chicago, the way they are, they should be able to control those teams. I get it. Buffalo, even though they've lost a bunch of games in a row here, really good offensive tools. Like Columbus says, Johnny Gaudreau, and that's about it. And Chicago is a disaster. They've lost about, I don't know, six or seven in a row. So it's a it's a team that they should be better against. And they should they have a puncher's chance of winning that game. That's a toss-up game at this point in time. You have to not gonna lose every game. They're not going for the first overall pick. There's too much talent up front um, to to say, okay, they're gonna be overmatched in games. In some games, yeah, they are gonna be overmatched, and it is gonna be ugly, right? Because the goaltending isn't the greatest and defense has something to do. But yeah, I think after a while. Marty's got to get to him and say, We need more structure in our game. We need more discipline. We need to make better game management decisions. And they did those in, in both those games. They held the opposition to three goals, and they won, won in both games. So it's not a surprise because the way this team is now, Knox, a quarter of the way through the season, there are certain teams that you should expect them to beat. You should expect them to beat Chicago a, and Arizona, a Columbus, the way they're playing. I, I don't think they're going to be able to beat, you know, a, a Colorado or, uh, uh, or, uh, um, or Tampa Bay right now, but they're a middle of the pack team right now. They're not, a, they're not, you know, they're not going to be a, a bottom feeder. I think at this point.
0: All right. Uh, uh, the Chicago game, uh, Caulfield, Suzuki, Doc, they come through big time. Uh, this line has been unbelievable for them. Dadnoff kind of struggling. Gallagher, you know, mm-hmm. he, he plays hard, but he's not finishing. Um, yeah. it, when we look at Ken Hughes and what, he could do – listen, two first-round picks already. This is a deep draft coming up. I yep. think he wants to get another first-rounder, and he, he possibly could. Who, who do you think could be those guys that could entice that? Adam um Josh Anderson, um, uh, some kind of package? Well,
1: I think Josh – I think there's too much term and too much injury history uh, presently to say, okay, he's going to get a first – I don't think they can get one. I, I think the best situation you would get is if Monahan continues to produce and you get a conditional pick and the conditions would be the team that he went to want to stay on the cup and you get a first round pick. I don't think Sean Manahein alone is going to be able to get him a first round pick. So I, I wouldn't, I, I'd worry more about developing the young defenseman like and finish wherever you're going to finish. You're not going to get, I, they're going to miss the playoffs. So maybe in there they'll get a draw for kind of a dart, but I think at this point in time, you have to look at the team in the off season where the holes are on the lineup. And I assume because some guys are free agents like the Donoff and like, you're going to have holes up front. And so I think they'd be drafting towards forwards. Uh, but right now I, I, I look, give can't use the uh, you know, GM of the year award. If you can get, you know, for any one of these players, a first round. pick. How about like an
0: Edmonton? Could Edmonton bring that? I mean, come on Sherrod, you got a first rounder for a <sighs> Before the playoffs last year, right? They were yeah, going in. I, I, I
1: guess, I, I don't know if even Emerson's that type of offensive player, but if somebody's desperate and they think that that's the last piece they need to win a championship, I guess I, I would think it would lean more towards a conditional like second-round pick than an over, than a first-round pick. Unless you want to, like you said, unless you want to throw you know a, a draft pick in, a second or third-round pick in the future um, to get that. I, I'm just not confident that any of these guys right now um, given the marketplace and given the cap that isn't going to go up big until the season after next um, is going to get you a first rounder. But you can certainly try and the market's there and there's not a lot of guys. It's also a function of how many defensemen are actually on the market. If there's not a lot of guys. If it's a if it's a seller's market then maybe it gets to a first round pick. I, I just wouldn't be optimistic. that would, That's what would be the return at this point.
0: All right. They finish off their month here tomorrow night against uh, San Jose. And then um, they go on the road: Calgary, Edmonton, Vancouver, mm-hmm. Seattle. Yeah. Um, this is a big test for this young group, right? Here they are, the quarter mark of the season. Yeah, they're still in the hunt there, right? Twenty-three points. Mm-hmm. They're two points out of a playoff spot at Thanksgiving. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> but this is a this is a big test for this team. Can they listen? They just won two on the road. That's great. Should give them some confidence. Yeah. But going out west now, you're playing Calgary. You know, you know, the type of hockey they're going to play against this team. It's going to be difficult. Uh, Edmonton should be probably a shootout. And then Van in Seattle, back-to-back. And Seattle's playing well. Well,
1: first things first. Go beat San Jose. They're a bad team. They don't play defense. They don't get great goaltending. Beat that team. And then you take a chance. It is, it's a litmus test to see – it, can this team hang around and hover and, on the cusp of the playoffs? And, again, it's 25 games in, so let's not talk playoffs for this team yet. But, yeah, you'll know a lot more about this team, Nux, when they get on a plane from the west coast. Like, if they go out there and, let's say, play two, go 2-2, two two, then they'll probably hang around because, yeah, it's a tough trip, maybe more physically than than on the ice because Calgary's 500. Edmonton needed a miracle to beat the Rangers the other day on Sunday, four straight goals, which, I don't know, the Rangers are probably looking at themselves right now. And you're right, Seattle is playing very well. They don't give up much. I don't know how long the air in that balloon is going to last. But, yeah, it's a test because they're going to go out on the road. But it's an opportunity for this team to bond. And it's it's not easy playing in those buildings. But those teams aren't playing, other than say, uh, Seattle, those teams aren't playing particularly well. So there's opportunity to win games if you play well. But they're going to be underdogs in all of them. But you're right. You'll know a lot more about this team after those four games. <laughs> In, on the west, in the west, about this team, and if they can find some ways to get points, then the conversation's different, Nucks, than it would have been. I, I think any of us would have thought a game 25. You would have thought, okay, this team is maybe going to win 10 out of 25. Well, they're getting production from Kirby Dockwood. And I love that, you know, putting your ear up to the fans in Chicago. You know, hey, <laughs> that's a little nice move, but this team can score. It's as simple as that. The question is, how much defense, how much goaltending are they going to get through the season?
0: All right, so. Uh, 11 games on the road that month out of the 15 Uh, they come back from seattle then they're home against la calgary they go to ottawa then anaheim tampa bay at home and then they head out west again and this is really going to be uh the ultimate test because it's arizona colorado dallas and then tampa bay florida washington um man this is like the the make or break month right
1: yeah, well, it, actually, you know, if it breaks them, it's good for Kenyans because then he could start preparing for the trade deadline. He can start making outbound calls and say, hey, look, this guy's available, that guy's available. Like I said, like, you'll know a lot about this team when they finish this four-game trip. You'll know so much more about them when they come home after this month because that's a brutal schedule. Um, I don't expect them to do that well. Um, it, it's going to be fatiguing. You're jumping time zones, as you know. Not, so it's going to be really intriguing. I, I'm interested to see because – They've overachieved, without question for me. I think that the fact that we've been talking that they're on the edge of the, the, the top eight, that's a win for this team. But now let's see. Is it a good start, or is it a good team, or is it an average team, or is it really a team that really needs to shore up its defense and goaltending? The real test will come in the next month, like you said, up to, leading up to the
0: league. And you're right about the goaltending. And listen, Jake Allen, love him. Uh, he's a 1A, though. I've always looked at him in, yeah. Chicago, uh, in St. Louis as a 1A you know, he's split duties there. I, I get it. But, boy, um, they play him too much. They can't play him like Price. Yeah. And then uh, Montembeau comes in uh, <laughs> two games on the road. Yeah, solid, solid, yeah. which was a, a big surprise for me. But I think also what helped him is uh, I think that team got refocused. But he played, he played great hockey, Montembeau. Yeah, well, his save
1: percentage is 924 in eight games. I, the thing about Jake, Jake's a battler. He's a fighter. His teammates love him. He's out there. He's going to go out there, never complain. He's going to fight. You saw the, the, the seventh goal against Buffalo. He cracked his stick against the, the post. Um, Jake's the guy that you, know, you have on the contract till, You know, at the end of 2025. He's got a decent price. Um, I, I like the way they're playing. Would you like to give Montembeau more? And you're right, Nux. He's not on number one. He's never going to be in the, the Vesna conversation. For right now, he, he's decent. He needs to be better, too, though. Right? you know, I know he hasn't got a lot of support in front of him some nights, but 362 say, uh, goals against 891 save percentage, that's got to be better. Like you got to get to 900. You can't be sub five, 900 and think you have a a, a number one goaltender there. Montembeau is coming into the job for them, but the problem is when you use that guy too much, he reverts back to higher numbers, higher goals against, and he's never been the guy, and so he's comfortable in this role. So you may not see – so people might look at the number and say, okay, it needs to be a 50-50 split. Sam might not be able to do those numbers, replicate those numbers with more, uh, with more usage. On the odd nights when they're playing a lesser team, you want to put them in. I get it, I understand it. But Jake's gonna finish. You know, he's gonna f- face the big boys. He's gonna face the Floridas and the Tampas and the Colorados. He, that that's so. While well, you're right, he's a one A on this team. He's a one, and that's probably what you're you're stuck with. But would these two guys, if the team was better in front of them, would they be playoff type goaltenders? I don't know, because you're right. Allen had the benefit of playing for a really good St. Louis team that didn't give a lot defensively. Sam's never really proven himself, and he's 26 years old. So it's uh, they're kind of transitional goaltenders for me. Knox, I think once this team contends, you're probably going to have different guys in that.
0: All right. Um, that's going to be interesting to see what happens. And um, watching the, um, the the progress of Caden uh I'm sure they have an eye on that. And who knows going into the draft, if they draft another goalie, uh, we'll see, but uh, Slefkowski, I want to ask you, he's playing fourth-line minutes, uh, he got nailed the other mm-hmm. night in Chicago, seemed like yep. not that he wasn't ready for it, but God, guys don't protect themselves when guys are coming ahead, it frustrates me uh, get your mm-hmm. stick up, get your elbow up, whatever, but but do you see the uh, uh, scenario where he may play in the World Junior, or they could lend him out for that? I or think, they they, stick but he's playing
1: what? They've, he's played 16 games. It's not like he's he's not. They've burnt his entry level deal.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, he's he's playing now. He's playing 10 minutes a night against men. That's what I want him to do. What yeah. purpose is it going to serve to send him to the to World Juniors and and he dominates the, the tournament? He should be playing with men. He should be learning those lessons that you talked about about not getting hit the right way yeah. right? and protecting yourself better. So I'm always like I didn't think Seattle should send back Shane Wright. They're great. He's then the OHL dominating or an AHL wherever he's playing. Like, who cares? Like, you want this player to play. Because he's not overmatched, nucks. right? He's got – look, he's not going to score 30 goals first year. He's got three goals, two assists in 16 games, playing on the fourth line. It's about right. It's about what he be, should be doing. So I, I, I'm saying once you get guys up here and they get a taste – plus development, nuts, it's not always playing in the games. It's the travel, getting used to the travel, eating right, working out more um, – practicing against guys like Suzuki and Dvorak and, uh, you know, and and Monahan. So I'm all for having the kid play on the tent. Manage your expectations. He's not a superstar yet. Put him on the fourth line. Get him 10 minutes a night every night because this team isn't going to make the playoffs. That's going to help his development more than sending him somewhere else or having him play in World Juniors. They want to do that. I've got no problem with it. But usually save that for a kid who hasn't played. Like I'll give you an example. Grant Clark here in LA, they don't want to play him like that 10th game to burn his entry level deal. So he might go, he's been in the age on the conditioning stand. He might go play in the juniors, but when you are already past that on your entry level deal, what that tells me is once you hit that 10 game threshold, that you're going to play here this season. So I don't think it makes any sense for them to send him to, to play in the juniors. They might do it for his confidence, but he doesn't look overmatched. Knox. He looks like he's an 18 year old kid playing against men. And that's what happens. It's it's, It's for almost 99% of the rookies, it's a tough first year acclimating to everything. The best league, the the travel, you're playing against guys 10 years older than you most nights. These are elite players. That's how you develop players, by getting in there, getting their butts kicked in the first season, learning from it, and then coming back stronger in the second season.
0: All right, let's uh, start uh, in the East, uh, Metropolitan Division. Jersey's still on their tear. (laughs) Um, <laughs> 9 1 0 oh in the last 10. Islanders creeping up uh, 7 3 0 oh in the last 10. Yep. Looking good. Um, when you, you think we're going to start to see some separation here now, things is kind of log jammed. You know, the Washington 21 points, a few points out of that fourth spot. But what do you think? I don't think, no,
1: I don't think it's going to separate. Like, like, no, so what we're, what we're not going to have is what we had last season. Well, we had eight teams made the playoffs in January, and it just didn't matter after that. I don't think we're there because I think the bottom of the um, of the division, uh, you know, I, I, look, Philly's going to be bad. Columbus, I, I think once they get healthy, healthier, unless they start trading players away, they're more competitive. The, the team that I'm concerned about are the Rangers. Like you're up three nothing know against Edmonton. Edmonton's been a 500 team all yeah. season, and you give up four in the, at home. To lose the game in regulation, you don't even get rewarded. And they lost to the Dutch behind that. That's the team I'm worried about. So I I think the only separation that comes in in the Metro are Philly and Columbus. They're clearly not playing. I think the Caps have enough talent to hang around. They're a decent home team. they got to be better on the road. That team's going to hang around. And then the other, other, what, five? New Jersey would shock them. New Jersey and the Islanders – They've turned this this division upside down because you didn't really think. I thought the Islands would get back to the playoffs, um, and they're proving me right. Nobody had Jersey where they are right now. I think that's the X factor because you said, okay, the top three would be Rangers, Pittsburgh, Carolina, Islanders, four, Devils, maybe five. And now with the Rangers playing the way they are, I I don't know. So I I don't think I I think it's going to be a contested division, and not for nothing, Carolina doesn't look great either. So all these teams that you thought would be really good and contend. Pittsburgh, yeah, they're they're streaky. The Rangers aren't playing well. Carolina can't score goals. So it's going to be a very interesting division. The Devils have a shot. If the Devils can get the game 40, maybe not at 818-point percentage, but they can play 700 hockey, they're going to be in the race for the division. It's going to be a very, very interesting division. I like the Islands, but what the Islands have to do, they have to get another score. Unless you think Zach Parise is going to score 25 to 30 goals – and Beauvilliers is going to be a 25 or 30-goal scorer. They need one more m- weapon on the ring. But other than that, I like their center depth. I like their defense. Love Sorokin. Borrow a nice 1B. One, one B. Um, That team's going to be around. They should make the playoffs, so it's going to be interesting. But this, this division, the Metro, is up for grabs for sure. I, I don't have a clear cut winner right
0: now. All right, the Rangers, and you're speaking of them, they get rid of Ryan Reeves. Now, listen, I, I get it. You, you want to have those hockey players there, but when the poop hits the fan again, yeah, or if it does, mm-hmm. I mean, could they be shooting themselves in the foot here? Because I know it was the previous regime who yeah. went out and yeah. got him, but all that that whole incident. Then I know Wilson's hurt and the whole yeah, thing, yeah. but but you know, could this end up biting them? I mean, Minnesota <laughs> obviously want him for you know who, Kirill mm-hmm. the thrill, yeah. uh, but sure, but what do you see into that? Anything?
1: Well, the Rangers have a big team. They have a big defense, right? Like, Truba hits everybody. So, I'm not – and they'll tell you on their fourth line, they have Sammy Blay and and Gauthier, kid. Yeah. Um, They're big guys, right? So, I think think they have enough protection in the lineup on the fourth line without Ryan Reeves. And both those guys play rings, so they have an excess, and you don't really need Reeves. So, I I guess Reeves hasn't been some all-time ranger, though, that if they went on a big losing streak or they were – being eliminated in a playoff round, he could just gather their troops and say, Hey, I've been here. Yeah, yeah. He hasn't been that that feature guy in New York, so I have no problem with it. I understand why Minnesota made the trade. And I like Reeves. I, I think he, he has value in this game. I think he, he can help for team. I think he will help Minnesota. I think that the Rangers thought they just have enough size and enough toughness on that fourth line where that was a luxury that they chose to move on from.
0: All right. Uh going over the Atlantic, uh Boston still God, they're on fire what a hockey team they got they're going to make a run at this thing i think um they're getting it all over the ice i mean crazy yeah. toronto had a little stumble out of the gate but they're back on track and it's amazing what the leafs are doing considering the defense
1: oh yeah they've won three straight Marner's, you know when he's got a, I don't know double digit scoring <laughs> streak they're they're playing smart hockey they're not beating themselves and that's what usually happens with this team they beat themselves and it's, it's a weird like having the record they have nuts is kind of weird because they've won 13 to 23 games and they've won three. straight. that that's okay. It depends how you want to look at it. But, you know, they've only won 13 to 23, but they've only lost five in regulation out of 23. So they're a team that's hard to beat. Um, they're winning close games because they're 13, five and five, but their goal differential is only uh, a plus 10. So they've been decent at home. They're hot right now. Um, their best players are playing well. And I'll tell you right now about their best players. Like Austin Matthews, you could probably argue is their fourth best forward right now. Tavares has been great. Martin has been great. Nylander's been great. Austin, maybe because the expectations are so high off that 60-goal season, but he hasn't been the dominant. I'm sure at some point in the final 55-some-odd games, he's going to have a dominant run, but he hasn't been their best player, which I think in retrospect is probably good for this team because they're going to need just more than Austin Matthews once they get to the playoffs, but it's been a nice run. Um, they've only lost once in regulation in ten games. It's a good run, and there was a lot of criticism a couple of weeks ago. But you know, like, like you saw in New Jersey when they wanted the coach fired, the fans they yep. gotta have patience. This team is gonna have quality. The team to look out for all of a sudden next are the Red Wings. I they know. Won huh? Four straight. They're in the, yeah, they're in the thick of things. They're a really good home team. They're seven two and two at, at home. On the road, they're holding themselves on on their own. Four three and two. Their defense has gotten a lot better. Last year, they had a t- atrocious defense nuts. This year, they've, you know, 61 goals in 20 games. It's better. It's not the, the disaster it was last, last season. So I guess signing all those veterans, you know, what Stevie did in the offseason really helped this team. But that's a surprising team for me. I don't think they're a top three team in the division, but they're starting to feel it, and it's getting more confidence. It's still a very young team.
0: Okay, I'm looking at uh, the Panthers here. I, this team, I don't know. Listen, they made the changes. They thought Huberto going the other way and bringing Kachuk in. They just, they're underwhelming. I mean, Kachuk's not bad, right? Nine goals, 18 assists. But oh yeah, they just seem underwhelming as a team. I thought, I expect more from them.
1: I don't know. Yeah, well, look at their last game, Nuts. I mean, come on. They're up 4-1 in the third at home, and they blow the game and lose in overtime. I, I, I don't know. It's, it's a different team. Kachuk's been fine for them. He did yeah. get suspended for two games for trying to put somebody's eye out with a skate at the net in yeah. Los Angeles. Uh, I think they probably miss Weger more than they miss um, uh, Uberdo uh, because that was a 20-minute-a-night defenseman. You did get back you know, Kachuk for Uberdo, and don't forget Aaron Eckblad was hurt too. So, but I no. agree with you. It's, it's an entirely different looking team this year. I'm not sure it's going to be any better. I think it's a reaction to getting wiped out by Tampa in the, in the, in the playoffs where they didn't really have a sniff against that team. So we'll see. And like, who's the goalie? Is it going to be Spencer Knight? I guess Bob hasn't been great. Um, it's interesting. You no, know, not, it's not fantasy hockey. You just can't no. plug guys in and out and think it's going to be the same. And, you would have thought that, you know, Kachuk is going to get probably the same amount of points, maybe a little less than Uberdo, but it hasn't worked. It hasn't worked on Calgary either. They're 500. So it's it's just interesting. New coach, uh, a very interesting team, a lot of talent still, uh, but um, I'm not sure about him either, to be honest with you. I, I think they could easily miss the playoffs if they don't get their act together.
0: All right, the West. End, let's head to the Central. Dallas on top. Winnipeg uh, just still still playing good hockey. Colorado, <laughs> they, are they going to take off or are they just kind of, eh, You know, listen, the, the points are there. I get it, but they're going to zoom yeah. to the top of the conference at some point. I don't think they,
1: I don't think it care or matters to them anymore because like, they won. Right, they have nothing yeah. to prove other than the playoffs, and they're eight and two in their last ten knocks. They're starting to warm I think by default, because there's just so much talent once they get healthy, once Landy comes back in a, a couple of months, um, they're just a, a great team. And talent shows over 82 games. And, you know, they've they've only played 19 games. So they have games in hand as well. So will they shoot to the top? Yeah, I, I don't think that uh, Bednar's going to put the pedal to the metal. He's not going to ride his team hard. It's not that important for this team to win the division. So and Dallas... Great start. They're starting to take on a little bit of water, though, because They lost the last game. They're 4-3-3 and in their last 10. You know, Jason Robertson has been unbelievable. Just amazing scorer. Holy cow. He's just – his stick is red hot right now. Uh, but the guy that's changed that team is Jamie Benn. Because the last couple of seasons, Jamie's has not been good. I think he's been way probably the worst contract in the league, getting $9 million a year, playing on the third line. This year he's come out on a mission. I think he's got 10 goals already. They're going to be dangerous. And Winnipeg, look, nobody gives Winnipeg a chance, but they find ways to win. Hellebuck's back to his old self. Now, look, Nick Ehlers not in a lot. It really hurts them because he's a great, great uh, facilitator for this team. But, you know, when everybody says you suck and you're not coming to the playoffs, sometimes teams take it personally. 13-6-1, it's a, it's a really good start. I don't know if they're a really good team because I go back to last season. I remember Anaheim. Had a really good start, and people said they were going to make the playoffs, and you see how that ended and how that's continuing. So it's a nice start. You have to like the avalanche to win the division because of all their talent, but you know, St. Louis is 8-2 in the last 10. These, these teams, it, it, it means more for the teams surrounding Colorado than Colorado to win the division because you're assuming Colorado's mm-hmm. going to get in and they don't care how they're going to play, where they're going to play. They're just going to go out and, and try to beat you once we get to game 83.
0: So I mentioned Reeves before and I'm, I'm wondering why does Minnesota go get him now? Looking at their record at home, they're five, six, and one. It's like, uh, mm-hmm. like uh, they're kind of, I, I think the, we were expecting a little bit more out of them than what we're seeing. And when you have a record like that at home tells me what, like do they think Reeves is going to come in there and teams are going to come in that building and maybe, not be so spooked. I don't. I, or be spooked. I don't. I don't know. It seems like they're not getting it done at home, obviously, and um, yeah, on the road they, well, the they get a decent record. Yeah. yeah. Well, the
1: defense and goaltending at home have been, have been horrible to start the season. They had a really, really bad start. Now, Kaprizov's been great—13 goals, 14 assists, 21 games. It's quite what you expect from Kaprizov. Uh, Zuccarello, you know, he's he's always going to be underrated. Zuccarello. Zuccarello just he does gets points. Like you don't really notice him because he's a little guy, but seven goals, thirteen assists, twenty-one games—that's a point game player, right? I, I, I think what they're looking for, and Greenway just came back in the lineup, nuts. So I think they didn't have his physical presence because he's a big kid, right? He's 6'6", 225. I think when they lost, w- w- when Nick DeLory went to, to Philly, I think that's what they're looking for yeah. Reeves to, to fill the, the Nick DeLory type of role, and he'll he'll fill that role. And it doesn't matter. I, I think you pick the opponent you play against. Maybe it's not a a skating team, but a big physical team. But Reeves was going to help this team. He helps every team. And he's not a dental because he's smart enough not to take the really dumb penalties. Yeah, once in a while I might take a bad minor or something like yeah. that. But I think they feel that with Reeves in there and with Greenway now back from injury, it's a much more physical team. And the skilled players need the support. So, obviously, you know, Billy Garen said, okay, we need that that component, um, that aspect of our game needs to improve. You improve it, Ryan Reed's with Ryan Reeves without question.
0: All right, we'll move out to the Pacific, where you are, out on the left coast of Vegas. Uh, man, I'm just so surprised at Seattle. I, I, I am. Listen, I, yeah. I love Matthew Beignets, and listen, this coach, he had his first run in the NHL, didn't go great as a head coach, and now he's getting an yeah. opportunity again. Man, it, it, this team looked pretty good. Plus 15 goal differential.
1: They've won five straight, eight, one, and one. And they fi- and they they're winning different ways. Like last night in Anaheim, they had to score five to win, and they got that. Um, it's, I'm surprised. I, I, do I think they're a playoff team? I I, I don't know. I mean, I, I look at their numbers. They they've been good enough to when they've been doing it. You know, I always joke about when teams are going to score by committee. Well, they are scoring by committee. I never know who's on that committee, but there's always a committee, <laughs> right? Nuts you know, committee by defense or whatever. I, I give this team credit. Like I think that what. what what happens with this team as they stack wins? They get more confident, right? Because everybody said, "Oh, it's a crappy first year, and they're going to be much better." Brokowski has absolutely helped the team. Bjorkstrand, not so much offensively, but he solidified the tops. And, and there's 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 talent on this team, like Eberly and Schwartz and Gord. They can score. And I, I think another guy that came back who they missed, who isn't really impactful on the score sheet a lot of nights, but he's an emotional player. is Brandon Tanif. Like he makes that yeah. team different. He makes the team tougher, more physical. He, some nights, he, he's the type of player that drags a team into a fight. And that's what he does. And it's a really nice start. that the, the people are excited in Seattle. And look, that's it. if they play this way for another 20 games, then you talk about them as a playoff team. I, I'm just, you know, a team that you don't know a lot about. It's only a season and a quarter in. It's hard to say, okay, not, they're. this is a great start. They're going to be a playoff. I just don't know enough about them. But when you watch their games, they play a nice structure. They're getting enough opportunities to score goals, and they're finishing. Um, I'm not sure. Now, the one thing they have on their, their side, knocks the division is average. Like Vegas, nice start, great road team, 9-1-1 away from, from Vegas. They're 7-5 and at home. They've lost two, two straight. They're 5-4-1. They're coming back to the pack. Calgary's a 500 team. Edmonton pulls off for Miracle. At the Garden the other day, if they didn't, they'd be under 500. Vancouver, yeah, they're starting to feel a little bit. They've won three straight. But I don't know about their defense. The, the Sharks and Ducks are bad. So, yeah, could, could you see a scenario with Seattle gets in the playoffs? Yeah, because some of these teams are under-treating, like, big time. That's going to give them opportunities. So, if they're playing this way at game 40, they're going to be even a more confident team. And say, you know, we're looking around like nobody else is really going to run away from the division. So, I think the thing that helps Seattle the most is that, this is not the same Pacific as it was last season. When you had Calgary and Edmonton clicking on all cylinders, um, this is a very different division. I give Seattle had a chance at this point in time, but but let's have this conversation about this team twenty games from now. I can tell you for sure what well, this is a legit team that has a shot at the players.
0: When I think of Edmonton, I and I geez, I look at this team and okay, they roared back against the Rangers. I get it. But boy, that I wonder uh, when it comes playoff time, this team, um, are they going to have one of them first rounds again where they're out to, you know, see you later, you know?
1: They they could. Well, look, they need better from Jack Campbell. I'll say it again and again. People might not like Evander Kane. He's a major loss for this team. They don't have a replacement player. Right? Well, you know, Poole Yarvey isn't the guy. He can't score. Right? Maybe it's Dylan Holloway. He got his first the other night. Nice little shot. Um, there in, in at the garden to get his first goal of the uh, in, in the nhl but the same questions come up about this team knucks what about your depth and what about your goaltending and yeah. if stewart skinner's going to be the guy in the playoffs then why'd you give jack campbell five million dollars a year so this is a team that everybody said okay with connor and leon they're going to go on a big streak they're going to win seven in a row and I don't know if they will. Look, maybe that game at the Garden spurs them on. They go home now and they play some games. Maybe they get on the streak now. But to answer your question, Knox, I'm not confident that this team can go repeat what they did last season, win two rounds and go to a a conference final. I'm really not convinced about this team. I need to see more from them. They've underachieved. Missing Evander Kane is a big loss for them. And it's great to have two of the greatest players on the planet on your team, but it's a 20-man roster. And you play 20 guys a night. You have a 23-man roster. It, the roster's not good enough for me. And so we'll see what happens. Yes, they should get to the playoffs. But if they do, if I consider them dangerous, not with their goaltending, and not with their defense, and not with their depth.
0: All right. Um, at what point do we see the first NHL coach fired? Another no. 20 games. Are they going to wait that long? or uh, the, the GMs think they can salvage the season somehow? and? They bring another coach in. Who do you think goes first? Well, it,
1: nah, I, you know, it's hard to, Look, I don't think the Ducks are going to – the Ducks made a lot of changes since Verbeek came in. I, and I know they're playing really poorly. They can't – They're 94 goals against in 22 games. That's atrocious. I just don't think they're going to make that change in season. I, I just think that with the young kids on the team, they want some stability because there's been a lot of changes. Um So he's – Sharks, Quinn's not going anywhere. We just got hired. Sh- Chicago – they play hard for Luke Richardson. Arizona, they don't care. I'm going through all those teams. Columbus, maybe Larson, maybe because of the expectations of, of Johnny Gaudreau coming in, but you know, Lana gets hurt. They really don't have a first-line center. Boone Jenner's not that guy. The Flyers aren't firing torts. Maybe Ottawa. Um, I don't I don't know. I would say maybe Larson and Columbus. I'd have to handicap as the as the guy that would be the first to go because you know, I watched Ottawa last night, and I know people criticizing them for their start. Well, they started decently and then they fell off. They're a different team with a healthy cam Talbot and a healthy Shabbat and Ortom Zub on a blue line. They're totally different because they're getting better goaltending. And those two guys play 25 minutes a night on average. They're a better team. They beat Anaheim. They came here to LA last night, won in overtime. This is not. So I, I don't think he's going anywhere. Granada's going anywhere. So it's hard to say. I, I think that they right?
0: Just, you Right? GMs. Yeah. It, 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 sorry, if this was a different year, people would be gone already. But it seems like that's that's changing a little bit, no? It is because the team
1: – the like the bottom teams that I mentioned aren't really playing that poorly, Ducks aside. Even San Jose is winning some games, um, and they have a brand-new coach. So I, I don't think that the solve for the teams at the bottom is firing the coach. I, I think that they're – that the management believes in all these other – again – I think I would look at Columbus as the one team, but I don't think anybody's in a hurry to fire a coach. This doesn't really change anything in season. Next, then you're going to bring in a guy to put in a new system at game 20? Like, when do you do that? There's limited practice times. A lot of teams have to take days off now when they don't play. It's just it, it doesn't make sense to me. I think I, I think that they need to be more patient. So I don't really see a team, unless a team really falls, like, um, like in Nashville. Okay. Yeah. Nashville lost ten, any team that lost like if Nashville lost ten in a row, would Hines be in trouble? Yeah. So the caveat is, okay, you've got some big losing streak, but I think the expectations about these teams at the bottom, you're not surprised by any of these teams at the bottom, right? If the talent isn't isn't there. It just not hasn't matured yet. So I would, I'm hard pressed to say, okay, within the next by game forty, some coach is going to get fired. Short of some big time losing streak, which. I don't really see happening right now because I think there's a lot more parity nuts. I think the really bad teams aren't that bad, so nobody's running away with anything. So if you're Calgary or Edmonton, you're not really worried because you look at the division, saying, "Okay, what's going on? We're not really like you know, would would Daryl or Jay Woodcroft be in trouble? And either one of those? No, they're like a point out of a playoff spot. So, um, so let's talk yeah, about the bottom
0: feeders. See. Could some of those GMs okay. be thinking, "Listen, you know what? The draft is going to be a good one." Um, you know who cares? We'll keep this coach in place.
1: Yeah, I th- I think that's what happens. I think that's what happens, especially with uh, Dal Seakins. I think that, you know, he knows guys like McTavish and um, Trevor Zegers. So to have some some continuity for the next coach, because look, two ninety five hockey, he's not gonna he's not gonna make it. But yeah. I think for this season, you you want those young kids to have some continuity. You don't want another disruption. It's enough negativity because the team doesn't play well. They're okay at home. They're terrible on the road. So again, it's difficult to see. Like, okay, what coach deserves to be fired? What coach where the expectations were so high that they're under-triving, under-triving to such an extent where change has to be made? I don't see it. And and the one keys are and it doesn't happen early. You've seen it. Teams quit yeah. on coaches. Yeah. I, I don't see any of these teams at the bottom quitting on the coach. They're still playing hard. I think that's when you look to make they changes. They just suck. just don't see it. This <laughs> yes. Yeah, <it's> just, right? <laughs> not enough talent. Like there's yeah. not enough talent in Chicago. It's not the fault. Yeah, you got King and Taves, but there's just there's no talent there. They've won, you know, they've lost nine out of ten. But you just put Richardson, in it, and they do play hard. They just stink. Yeah. You're right. They're not good enough.
0: You need the depth, and um, yeah, certainly that goes a long way. Dennis, awesome uh, for joining me once again, and we will uh, talk again next week, buddy. It's so always great being on the Raw Knuckles podcast with you, buddy. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks, pal.